Welcome to Take the Stage. I'm Alexis Alvarez with Career Rockstars, and today we're kicking off International Women's Month with our Ladies Who Rock series. In honor of all those rock star women who have successfully progressed in industries or roles that have been historically underrepresented by women. My special guest today is Sugata Jane. Welcome, Sugata. I am really excited to have you here and to have you take the stage. Um, so to start, why don't you uh, introduce yourself? Tell, tell us a little bit about uh, your current role, who you are, uh, and anything else you'd like to, to share with us. Thank you, Alexis. This is such a cool initiative. It's, uh, it's such a good idea to bring women uh, and talk about them, especially in terms of entrepreneurship and investments, because uh, we need more women in this field and especially those who are doing something in it. We need to talk a little bit more about that. So this is such yes. a thing. So thank you for having me here. Uh, my current role. Like as any entrepreneur, I'm always doing two, three things at the same time, <laughs> <laughs> as you can imagine. So that, that sounds like any woman, though, right? <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> Absolutely. Actually, that's true. We multitask uh, so well that that's that's how life and career becomes. Yeah. Um, so on one hand, I work with corporates in, in terms of uh, their innovation teams to help create processes for encouraging innovation, learning innovation, and even investing in companies uh, that might help them grow strategically. A lot of this work is confidential, so I can't name names, but uh, I'm working in the tech sector, the consulting sector, what else? The energy sector and the construct uh, in the construction sector. Awesome. Okay. Mm -hmm. okay. Awesome. Mostly involves taking a look at what's happening in that sector, what's going on with that company, how are they positioned, and where do they want to go next? So do they want to develop innovative products and solutions, the next generation of products and solutions in-house, or do they want to do something which is an in inorganic growth and just acquire companies, acquire startups, technology, uh, teams to be able to grow faster and better. Think Amazon. Think how quickly and rapidly Amazon grows because they acquire le companies, startups, left, right, and center, right? So that's, that's right. one part of my what I'm doing right now. The other thing that I'm doing right now is helping startups fundraise. I end up working with um, mature entrepreneurs. By mature, I mean entrepreneurs who had a few successes and failures in their careers already. And I end up working with them to kind of uh, develop their ideas, bring an idea almost through an incubation process into something that you can present to investors that makes sense for both entrepreneurs and investors in terms of investing time, money, resources, long term. So developing like a validation plan to understand if this idea has uh, feasibility to be able to kind of grow and scale and be profitable as, as soon as possible. Um, and that means preparing the deck. That means preparing experiments to test the idea out in the market. Sometimes even preparing the prototype and and kind of launching it to see what the what the response of the market is. Uh, identifying client segments, creating a business plan, and yes, creating a financial plan as well, which ends up being massive, big Excel documents with lots of numbers and predictions and etc. This helps entrepreneurs kind of understand what they're doing, what they can do with their business idea. How do they have to pivot? How much agility is required to make this idea happen? What kind of team do they need to put together? And all of this is, all of this is work that investors need. 
for for investors to be able to invest in an idea they need to see all of this and a little bit more of course so this almost ends up being due diligence steps for investment um with with vcs and angel investors uh, now i work with very early stage ideas because i feel like that's where you can really mold and shape something that can become the next big unicorn or the next big great idea it doesn't need to be a unicorn um all ideas are are good if they have the potential so that's what i do i help kind of early stage startups entrepreneurs to kind of put their thoughts together in such a way that it becomes investment uh in, investment like re, real real investment can happen for them like investors are not just going to turn that turn away from it uh on the other hand i end up working with investors to identify potential projects as well cuz uh you might not know this and future entrepreneurs investors <laughs> are desperate to look for good projects they're desperate to look for this they they part of most of their work is just going and finding deals sourcing good startups tapping into talent pools and ecosystems where they can have access to these kind of startups and entrepreneurs and ideas and technology that are taking shape so if as as much as you're looking for investments they're looking for desperately looking for uh good investment ideas as well so that's so interesting um you know you you touched on this point that I don't think many people ever really, you know, stop to to, you know, put much thought into. You you always hear about, you know, startups uh the hungry startups that are looking for, you know, for any kind of uh investment opportunity, um, you know, networking with you know, that's what they're being told, right? They yeah. need to work uh the network. But you never really hear kind of that flip side. Um and especially in this manner where, you know, they're desperate to <laughs> they're desperate for just really great uh you know opportunities to to invest that's that's awesome well i could see why you know you're definitely a multitasker and uh you know a, a busy a busy lady here um you know what what comes to my mind is you know you've touched on so many different points but i always i'm always really interested in in the career path right so what what zigs and zags distinguish you um from the rest right so what 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 does your career path look like um in terms of understanding how how you came to this really interesting uh career path um it's just you know not it's not like your typical you know i go to school and you know i'm going to study you know whatever uh, accounting and i'm going to be an accountant and it's like a very linear progression yeah. um yeah. this this truly feels like there's definitely some zigs and zags that you've taken to get where you are today so so tell us a little bit about that career path Well uh for an average recruiter my career path would look really really scary because <laughs> I go between setting up companies and and joining a company so that happens a lot um and I'm I'm guessing all entrepreneurs get identify with this because we tend to shift and and flow a little bit more easily between different roles but being the being your own boss uh working for somebody else being your own boss working for somebody else um my career path i mean i've grown up with parents who are entrepreneurs both of them are entrepreneurs so i don't even know how not to be like i i don't know what it is to not constantly think about startup ideas or create an idea and that's uh, literally how my career path if you if you look at it it's like that's what's scattered all over it um i've set up about three startups 
one failed one did really well for a while the, the coaching company the the latest one and then after that we uh, we put it to rest one was actually funded by google it was like a research project more than a startup and um, in between all of this i've worked in uh, universities i've worked in several projects where uh, just how my nature is they're usually short term projects for th- 3 to 7 months uh in the in the esports industry to set up a startup school for them a very big esports club in in spain um worked with tech companies worked with consulting firms and with investors as well to set up their startup school in my career path i mean it's i, I totally I, i don't know if i'm making any sense <laughs> you are you are <laughs> what i end up doing <laughs> It's... For an entrepreneur, you're making a lot of sense. Yeah, no, <laughs> just joking. No, I'm following you. We're following you. <laughs> That's amazing because uh, sometimes it's it's difficult to explain. Wherever a new project has to start, and we have some resources and some vague vision of what needs to happen, whether inside a company or or just on its own, that's where I end up being. you know it's uh there are the two really important projects right now in Ibiza and there are two really important projects that are taking place over here by high potential projects one is in the e-commerce uh, online marketing industry which is the industry's you know very very saturated but it, there's a lot of innovation to be done and the other one is in uh tokenization of social media which is like a completely the next step in how we're going to be uh interacting with with the world how tokenization is going to be de- de- making digital assets out of everything we do all data we produce uh, everything we own that's the next big jump in um in the in the usage of internet and interactions on social media so i'm involved with those two projects in in fundraising for them so wherever there's mm-hmm. like a new project that needs shape a uh, form there's a lot of uh, uncertainty and a lot of you'll be yeah. there <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. Awesome. When I mean you mentioned that, you know, it, it almost sounds like it's in your DNA because, you know, you you've never not been surrounded by some type of uh, you know, aspect of of entrepreneurism whether it's your parents or, you know, just I guess the natural career path that has evolved. But when did you start to, you know, when did you start to have an interest in kind of, you know, in investing and and taking this path that, you know, that that you have ultimately uh landed. So this um investment particularly I got interested in when I was working at IE at IE Business School, uh it's a university in Madrid where I set up their startup school which is an incubation program um about 300 400 students a year they they do that program and they develop their ideas and then there's an ecosystem of uh, mentors entrepreneurs investors involved that work with the students to refine their ideas and and kind of help them uh, develop something that's viable putting this ecosystem together for IE uh, became like an a really important point for me uh in terms of working with investors in terms of understanding the needs of the investors in terms of understanding what investors need what's the minimum that the investors need to look at to be able to uh start investing and also gave me another the completely different uh, point of view on how investors are empowering different industries how money is flowing big money is flowing into different areas different kinds of technologies different kind of processes different sectors even to um make the next big thing happen for us we don't think about this day to day 
but you know like mm-hmm. like whatsapp mm-hmm. and stuff they get funded uh massively i'm not saying whatsapp in particular but like uh, communication app- applications and stuff they got funded massively in the last what 7 to 10 years for us to be able to have access to all of this technology if investors were not involved there this would not have happened and investors have their own role incumbents like big companies big startups they have their own role in making that happen but this flow of money um how it empowers our day to day is is something that i got really really into while i was at ie mm-hmm. and that's what got me into it absolutely Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's awesome to, to think, I mean, in, in essence, you know, um, it, it's, it, it, what, it's what makes the world <laughs> innovate and, and adapt and change. Um, I mean, and, and I guess, again, it makes you think um, about something that, you know, you don't typically put a lot of thought around, at least if you're not working in this space that, you know, a lot of the innovation, a lot of the projects, a lot of, um you know all these things that we probably take for yeah. granted um have really come you know through um people who are people like you um you know that that have that um that interest and that passion for innovation and making things improving things making things better bringing you know things to um to the masses um that's awesome that's awesome well well what what do you feel you know in your role um are the top two or three challenges um that that you seem to consistently encounter let's let's kind of pivot the conversation a little bit and talk about some of those mm-hmm. challenges well uh working with entrepreneurs some of the big challenges that i have over there is how unprepared they are for validating <laughs> their their startup ideas how kind of how much how how much in love they are with their startup ideas that they can't um sometimes break through their own mental process to say i have to validate this idea and if that means pivoting and changing anything and everything i have to be ready for this that entrepreneurial mindset that needs to be at the core of setting a company from scratch that is one of the i would say that's one of the top challenges that i face and then there are other challenges um it entrepreneurs need to be very very agile they need to be able to educate themselves for whatever they need to get done next now if that is about understanding shareholding agreements they need to prepare themselves in such a way that 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 level of motivation that level of dedication it's it's so high i mean it's the if they're not ready for that kind of work or that kind of kind of i, I don't know how to put it it's a it's almost like a calling when you're an entrepreneur to be able to do stuff nothing challenges can't hold you back you need to be able to kind of keep on going learning what you need to learn on the go make things happen keep learning if you make a mistake get up dust off keep going that kind of uh mindset of constant learning and and fixing things as you go that's the the second challenge uh the third one is validation and failure as soon as we start with a business idea <laughs> we, we will encounter a lot of failures some ideas are just not going to work like they're even with investing millions in marketing and educating the market some ideas the timing of that idea whether the team whether the market that you're looking at some ideas are not going to work accepting failure as part of the process again becomes something that's uh, hugely mindset oriented and 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 obviously it's normal when we fail we feel bad we feel low we can't get out of bed for days or etc etc but 
but but you have to kind of take that in your stride and keep on going. This is especially in Europe. Mm-hmm. I see this that people take failure too seriously. It's like, oh, interesting. It's a little bit different. <laughs> okay, Sugata. So. I think what's really interesting about your role is that you get to work on both sides. So both the investor side and the entrepreneur startup side. Mm -hmm. Um, And you just addressed, you know, a couple or you touched on a couple of the pain points that you see when you're working with entrepreneurs. So um, I'm interested in understanding, you know, from the investor side, what are some of the pain points that, that you have to navigate? And I think that this is a really great question for all those would be or aspiring entrepreneurs or, you know, who are um, looking to start or head up their own or in the process of, you know, leading their own uh, startups to really understand, you know, how they can, how they can best prepare, um, you know, for when they are approached or, you know, uh, or how to approach um, these, these investors. Yeah. Well, from the investor's point of view, uh, if we think about the VC or investment industry in general, everybody wants to make a return. That's why they're pumping funds into projects, whatever projects they might be, a startup or otherwise, they want to come up with, they want to invest in something that will give them a return. Now, uh, a good VC firm uh, in Europe would expect somewhere between 7 to 10%, unless they're extremely specialized into a sector that they only invest in, for instance, energy uh, startup ideas or fashion startup ideas. If they're, they're generalists or they, they, they tackle a few industries, they'll make a 7 to 10% return. Now, as a VC or as an investor, what do you want? You want to invest in several ideas. You want all of the ideas to grow into something big. And hopefully one or more than one of those ideas would become a unicorn, would become something that's so big that the valuation is more than a billion, right? It's So how do you get to that point, right? As an investor, how do you, how do you decide which project to invest in? But even before deciding that, you have to kind of, find the right sources how do you get to a place where there's enough critical mass of talented entrepreneurs with excellent entrepreneurship ideas with startup ideas that you can actually sit down over there work with them figure out what ideas are going on and make a decision about what you want to invest in now there are several startup events that happen so to aspiring entrepreneurs i would say well now in the pandemic times i don't know but like as soon as that's over or whatever's shifted online to go attend as many startup events as you can and try to network with investors over there. They're there looking for high potential startup ideas. Uh, Business schools is another source for this. Uh, Incubators, accelerators, any cluster where entrepreneurs are welcome and entrepreneurs are operating in is where investors would want to be if they feel that they can get the right kind of startup projects uh, in. That's Mm -hmm. one of the the pain points, like sourcing the right project. Then Mm -hmm. comes sourcing the projects that are ready for investment. Not every startup idea is ready for investment. Not every startup idea needs investment and not everyone, not all the entrepreneurs are prepared for investors. To get an investment in from professional investors, professional sophisticated investors, you need to prepare for due diligence which is a process of going through each and every assumption that you have as an entrepreneur about your business idea, every piece of validation, every point of uh, testing your product that you've done. You have to go through that 
and then predict for the future of how much you can grow into grow into this this particular market or with this particular product how can you scale up how profitable can you be what return can you expect all of those points have to be um properly first of all properly kind of displayed so that if that means an excel is needed then that's what's needed and then you go through a whole due diligence process with the investor so investors lose a lot of time if they start working with some entrepreneurs they start kind of talking to them listening to their ideas but then very early on when or not just early on whenever during the due diligence process they realize that the the entrepreneurs are not ready for this they're not ready to answer those hard questions they're not ready to justify why they're making certain decisions why they validated certain points and that worked and some some things were invalidated in terms of their their client segment uh the problem that they're trying to solve the solution that they're coming up with etc the product that they're developing right so that's mm-hmm. the second pain point the that the entrepreneurs are not kind not like ready for in true investment the third one is setting <laughs> the milestones in place for entrepreneurs who they want to invest in if you're getting their money they'll want to see certain objectives being achieved in a certain um in timely fashion that just means that the early pain points of putting a team together and the you know the growing pains of uh of are we going to work well together is this team going to be able to deliver this that the the co-founders relationship with each other how strong they are as a team how does the core team function how easily you can shift and adapt to the market becomes absolutely critical and that's something where the investor actually literally has to go with his or her gut feeling saying okay i think this team will work because when you when it's a very early stage idea they're not investing just in the idea they're also investing in you because you haven't proven yet that you can work together you haven't proven yet that you're a team that can deliver so there are lots of risks over there to to future entrepreneurs i would say that if you're looking to raise funds try to work on these points so that you can you know help the investors look beyond their fears when they're when they're kind of talking to a, a startup idea and you can kind of give them the confidence or inspire that confidence in them to say yeah I, i would be able to invest in them because they're ready they can work well together they can deliver together etc mm-hmm. what just happened that's that's great that's really great insight really great insight and it overlaps uh, you know you mentioned that um it sounded you know on, on point 2 um you know that it's it's like me as a as a headhunter the the war for talent right <laughs> it's called uh, or at least it's been kind of coined the the war for talent yeah. looking everyone's looking for those a players every or in my case those rock stars yeah. right everyone's looking for those rock stars and that's um that can be the 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 trickiest part so well those are that's really great uh really great insights mm-hmm. here and uh i think you know you touched on a few of them that i you know made me think oh i hadn't you know hadn't really thought about that <laughs> um i hadn't really you know put that much thought uh, or seen it from that perspective so that's that's really great in- insight for uh for all those who are you know interested in in um or who are you know currently working um on their startups and and are interested in in you know going this path mm-hmm. 
Um, cool. Well, I want to I want to kind of shift our, our conversation a little bit. Um, so you are clearly, you know, it, it's really evident that that this is your passion. Um, every question that I've asked, you just, you know, you bring a lot of insights um, and you can really you just transmit that this is something that, you know, that you really, that you really love. What would you say is, you know, a little bit more about you? Um, you know, what would you say is energizes you about your work? Maybe that number one aspect that you feel kind of is that, you know, you get up in the morning for this. What would you say that is? <laughs> that's, that's a good question. Um, oh, wow. I've not thought of this in a, in a while. Because uh, entrepreneurship is so much part of my life, my work, everything that I just, I'm, I've lost track of why <laughs> it energizes me. It does. <laughs> well, I mean, I think it's the creative process that you can see an idea for, uh, that's just an idea. Somebody just talking about it come to life um, and take shape and kind of be part of the market. And people are buying that product, people that that industry, that sector is growing because you've suddenly uh, launched one of the future generation of products or services in that, that, that sector. You've upped the game in terms of what technology you're using, what uh, customer value that you're providing, the user experience that you've improved. Like look at ideas like Uber and Airbnb, the sharing economy ideas, look how they've changed the world, right? So this, mm -hmm. that creative process, that pushing of the limits with entrepreneurship, that that truly energizes me. That's what I mm -hmm. do. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Pivoting again, um, you know, and kind of, you know, kind of sticking to the theme of um, of March, you know, for this ladies ladies who rock series. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you're you're somewhat of an anomaly, right? I, I think that you know you you had a hard time. Uh, articulating kind of your career path, right? Because it, it's been a lot of zigs and zags. Um, so, you know, I find that, you know, women in investing is, you know, it's it's slim pickings um, or, you know, in this space, in entrepreneurism. I mean, you see a little bit more of it now, um, but I think there's still quite a bit, you know, quite a, a long road to go still. Why do you think that there are, you know, there are so few women, women in this space and, and especially in, in positions of leadership? Wow. Yeah, that's, that's a good question. And I've been trying to figure that one out for <laughs> really, because even when um, I was working at the, the university at IE business school, I would constantly try to look for women entrepreneurs, women investors, uh, so that they could mentor the students. And it was, like you said, it's a slim pickings. I couldn't find anybody. Like it was, it would be uh, of a pool of 45 people involved. There'd be two women. That's just not even a percentage that I can mm -hmm. mention, right? Um, I have a feeling it's similar to some other sectors also where leadership positions are usually uh, male dominated. Um, and that gets into all of the factors that we, that we face every day, right? Women have more glass ceilings. Uh, you can start at the same point as any other person, but to keep on growing, you have to have, first of all, that drive, that belief. And if you, even if you have that drive, that potential and stuff to the belief to that, you can keep on going. There are glass ceilings that are set sometimes by our environment, but there are glass ceilings that we set for ourselves too. Mm -hmm. Then as soon as the family side of things starts, women 
um, tend to get the priorities shift. Right. And unfortunately, I mean, I see this, which is one on one side is absolutely natural. It has to shift. Right. On the other side, I see that, at that that's the point where suddenly men are getting more promoted or men are getting more opportunities to like the male counterparts of, of women in the same profession, in the same office, could could progress more easily because their focus hasn't shifted as much as the as the women uh, who are now in the family way. Which shouldn't happen. I don't, I mean, look how, how well you do it. So it, <laughs> I don't know how well I do it, Sue. <laughs> <Sue Hatha. laughs> it's, uh, I don't know, That that's probably, you know, uh, we could go down a rabbit hole there, um, <laughs> you know, but I think it's, it has a lot to, you, you're, you're right, you touched on something here, you know, it's, it's kind of your drive and your beliefs and, and it made me, when you said that, it's like, you know, I think women have a lot of limiting beliefs um, and, and I'm not exactly sure why. I see lots of differences um, in interviewing um, women versus men, uh, especially in these, you know, in, in male dominated industries. Um, the way that that women um, kind of qualify their the roles um, is different. You know, it's just, it's very, it's very different. Um, and so, you know, I wonder if a lot of that has to do with kind of the, you know, limiting beliefs that, that women, you know, tend to, for whatever the reason, are there, um, you know, that, that, you know, really keeps them from, you know, I don't, I don't know if it's hitting their dreams um, or, you know, just, I don't know. It's complicated. I mean, <laughs> it's very complicated, yeah. right? Um, but I think it, it you know, uh, it has to, to do a lot. Or I think what we can do is, you know, we have to celebrate, you know, those women who who are, you know, doing their part to, you know, move forward and, and kind of uh, establish themselves in, in spaces, um, especially in spaces that, you know, that aren't, um, you know, that are that are underrepresented by by women. Yeah. Do you do you think that there are, you know, that there are certain qualities that a woman needs to needs to have in order to succeed in, in your space um, that are different to those of a man? Oh, definitely. Um... So, because I'm also a coach and I end up working with a lot of <laughs> men and women in uh, senior management positions. I think, and I'm generalizing here a little bit, but uh, ladies, if those, those of you are listening, it's generalization. It's not, might not be true for you. If I think women tend to have, uh, I don't know why, a fear of re being rejected. So a fear of rejection. So a fear of not, being good enough or not being accepted in general. Um, and men have a fear of uh, failure. They are kind of groomed, successful to, have, to achieve certain things. So they, that's why that's why they kind of go for more things. They take more risks. They, they, they kind of tend to move on from failures a lot faster. So to women, I would say, don't, don't lose the qualities, your own. Uh, belief systems of uh, who you are, what you can achieve, what your what's your leader leadership quest, what do you want to achieve in this in this life through your profession, through different areas of your life. Don't lose that. You don't have to become like a man at all. Uh, and at the same time, we can learn something from men. We can learn that failure is just part of the process, and we can recover from it very very quickly. Let's not give it any more space in our life than what it what it needs or what we need to, to do to learn from a failure and then move on. 
um, take more risks. Just take more risks. It's okay to uh, try out a new career. It's okay to try a new business idea while you're working uh, somewhere. It's okay to kind of learn something on, on even on like YouTube or something and see if you can apply that in whatever you're doing. It's okay to take a lot of risks, uh, fall a lot, fail a lot, but then keep on going. That's one of the qualities that I would say that, that women, all of us, we need to uh, do better in any space. Other than that, we bring our own uh, wisdom, we bring our own understanding and um, our own kind of way of doing things. I think that we should, a little bit of self-awareness, uh, doing a little bit of coaching, a little bit of mindfulness is really, really key over here. That helps us become more aware of who we are, what are our strengths that we can tap into in any given situation. More than anything, I've learned this, in, especially in leadership positions, we need to learn to be resilient. Resilient yeah. like hell. You know, when every force yeah. around us is kind of trying to bring us down or like challenging us or everything's going wrong any, anyway and every, more things start going wrong, that's the moment to be resilient. And absolutely right. So that that just means developing that muscle that says, "I can do it. I can do it. I can do it. It's fine. This this w- w- let's move forward. Let's move forward." So that's the kind of thing that we all have to find the anchor into our own resilience. Um, and we all have our weaknesses. Look at them, understand them, and let them be. Don't spend too much time on them. Work on your strengths. That's that's what I would say. That's awesome. Yeah, that that's, you know, that's absolutely right. Um, resilience is key. And, and you're right, there are, I feel, I'm just going to speak to myself and not, mm-hmm. you know, um, but I find like the, the resilience aspect, it's so hard, and it gets so much more complicated, yeah. the older you get, right? Mm-hmm. Um, when you have greater commitments, um, you know, in terms of family, in terms of business, that resilience. I mean, there are, there are times, you know, where it's like, I just want to stay in bed <laughs> all day and, you know, not have to think uh, or bear the whatever weight I'm bearing um, from, you know, my at least my world, not the world, but my <laughs> world on my shoulders. Um, and you're right. It's, it, it bottles down to resilience and, and using that muscle and, and taking it. You know, I think a lot of it is kind of taking it one day at a time. Right. And just saying, OK, well, you know, I understand that, you know, it, it's kind of like baby steps. Yeah. Um, and you're right. It is a lot of that that fear of rejection. I, I mean, that fear of rejection is is you can depending on who you're speaking with can run very, very yeah. deep. Um, and can really, um, you know, hold you hold you back. Um, but you're, that's really interesting that, you know, that you find that women tend to have that tends to be more present in women than um, than in men. Um, that that explains it explains quite a bit, actually, I, I think. Um, and that that is, you know, uh, it's, it's really I, we could probably talk for hours <laughs> um, because I have so many examples of at least in my line of work, you know, I, I recruiting in 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 the private equity space. 
um, where, you know, there's so few women in this space. Um, and, and I've just had so many examples of, um, women just who, you know, on my end, it just looks like they're, they're just afraid to, to move, um, and to kind of dip their toes. And I, and I've always kind of brought it back to them being loyal. I don't know if it's loyalty. I don't know if that's, it's an innate loyalty that women have, um, but I've always found it that I always found that women tend to be more committed to their yeah. companies, uh, more committed to their teams um, in the sense that, you know, they, you know, don't necessarily want to explore uh, unless they are 100 percent ready to, you know, to fully dive into it. Whereas men. Um, and again, not, this is, I guess, a generalization. Um, men tend to, you know, I would say like flirt with that idea or explore that idea. Um, you know, they might not necessarily be looking for other opportunities, but the opportunity uh, presents itself and they find it interesting and they explore it. They, you know, they, they are a little bit more open yeah. to that. Those are like the, you know, the main differences. And um, I don't know if it's, if it, you know, if it bottles down to DNA or if it... <laughs> Um, or what it can bottle down to, but, but I do find that a lot of it, you know, can, can really, um, you know, uh, can, can circle back to this, you know, like this fear, this fear of rejection and kind of just fear of, of, of not making the oh, right move. Um, yeah, that's, that's super interesting. Well, uh, what do you think is, you know, the way for, you know, we're, we're at this point where, you know, we, we're starting to see more women, um, come into this space. So how do you think we as women should, should support other women? Um, I think there's been, uh, what is it called? The, the big boys club? What is it called? Is that it? I don't, I, I don't know. It's a, you know, where it's, uh, the, the men gather and they're like, discussing business and, and oh yes <laughs> sorry we need that <laughs> we need that we need that for women we need that where women are coming together and truly uh listening to what's going on sharing interacting providing support um even providing you know i don't know t teaching each other providing like that kind of content for each other to say look if you want to grow i'm here to help you know, like just mm -hmm. becoming a community that that would be a really, really good way forward for women to support each other. Now, saying that is easy. Doing that is difficult because what community, what interest, uh, how do you get together when you have like 15 other commitments that need your time and you can't even get to them? Maybe just start with women who are around you, your close colleagues, close friends, uh, people who you see could just use a little bit of help. And, and at the same time, if you can ask for, for help from them, asking for help is actually a very powerful thing to do because then that opens up space for others to ask for help as well. So just start with a few people, a few women around you who you think you can have a conversation with and say, hey, you know what, by the way, this is all, all the, these are all the things that I do. Can I help with something? And look, I'm looking for some help or support to, to do this. Now, again, to do that, if you have your objectives clear, what is it that you want to grow in? Um, I'm studying data science right now. So <laughs> is there any women? <laughs> with all your, with all your, the, all that free time you have. <laughs> <laughs> if there are any women, you know, want to help me. 
course. <laughs> You'll take it. <laughs> you're asking. <laughs> ask, ask, and and, uh -huh. and suggest so that it starts becoming easier. It starts becoming a habit, and then you start with a few women around you, and then it grows. Join communities. Join. Uh, support groups and, and any place where you can find women who are doing awesome stuff. Okay. It's true. I, I, it's it, And that's another point. Women, I find, have a hard time, um, especially in professional settings, asking yeah. for help. Um, and I, you know, I can speak for myself. It's something that, you know, I could be buried <laughs> in work um, and a million things to do. And, and it's still, uh, it's still a challenge for me to sometimes ask for, for help. Um, but you're right. I mean, we all, we all need help. We all need a little bit, that yeah. little bump um, that can kind of, you know, take you to that, uh, <laughs> get you, get you out of the hole. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, so, Gotha, just to start, you know, kind of wrapping up a little bit here, uh, my last question to you is what what woman inspires you and and why? Okay, this answer. Well, I love this question, by the way, um, and I've been thinking about it since since you sent me the questions. Right. So. OK, so. I think it would be um, Ariana Huffington, just because. Oh, interesting. J.K. Rowling. Okay, explain. <laughs> Both these women <laughs> have created empires in their own way, right? Uh, they've created something that influences, impacts, engages wide audiences around the world. Uh, they've created something that's almost timeless in the sense we all love what they've done, right? And we all are going to probably kind of read and consume the content from, from both of them. It's just the, the height of human potential come to life for me, from both of them. Mm -hmm. And it's not that they haven't had failures, they, they, they weren't um they weren't completely unsuccessful in certain parts of their lives or, and, and then they didn't they, they did not have to pick themselves up again and again it's not that that's not that they've had an easy go at it but they've made it happen it would be so amazing to create something that big that impactful that inspiring so <laughs> absolutely yeah no uh the scope of which you know the scope of their empire is is amazing you're you're absolutely right and i can see why the, they would be especially in this space that you're in um you know why they would be inspirations to you um well sugata the conversation has been great i think you've i think there've been a, a number of nuggets that you have provided you know to aspiring entrepreneurs or aspiring leaders within startups um, and have provided uh, just really great insight um, for you know not not just uh, not just investors not just uh, entrepreneurs but but women in general women who um, you know are are working in spaces that are underrepresented by women um, and it, you t I talk to you and it's you know it's just it's it's just you I mean you don't even it doesn't you know it's not something that I feel has ever really uh, you know you get that sense that you know it hasn't even crossed your mind <laughs> <laughs> oh. 
And it goes to show you, you know, that mindset has so much to do with it, believing in you in your own self, understanding your limitations and your end, you know, those weaknesses and really um, honing in on those strengths is, uh, is important. And of course, you know, I know you personally and, and having that smile and that, you know, that um, forward approach to life is, is also key. You didn't, you didn't touch on that, but I know that that, that, that is something that you truly, you truly believe in that, uh, you know, you, you truly transmit to uh, everyone that meets you. So uh, thank you so much, Sugata, for being our, our first guest and for kicking off our Ladies Who Rock <laughs> series. Um, I I am going to be sure to, you know, to I, I'm going to look up someone to help you with data, <laughs> data, anal- or <laughs> data analytics. <laughs> we'll see if we can recruit someone to, to help you. Thank you, <laughs> oh, thank thank you, you so much for having me. I know the series is going to be awesome. Thank you of this big and that's a wrap thank you for listening to take the stage i hope you enjoyed our first ever episode to kick off international women's month stay tuned for the next episode of the ladies who rock series